All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I hate to break the fishing news up your Ramchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode number 276. Of the Real Life Podcast. Hello, I'm Tyler Rumchuk. Chalmers, Jay, Bag Milk's here. Maybe Wanye. I'm holding out hope that he'll show up for today's podcast. Um, anyways, this podcast is brought to you by Oodle Noodle. 14 locations in Edmonton. More coming. Find them on your favorite food delivery app. Or, 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 if you pick it up in person or do the curbside, a proceed of that purchase will go towards a local charity. Fantastic stuff. You already know about that because we talk about it twice a week on this show. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of online reaction. I'm, I'm jumping right into things here. I'm not even saying like, how's it going to anyone? People are very passionate about donairs, but I, and I knew that, but I got thrown right into the shits over the last week of people just like having hissy fits online about a fucking type of food. There was a, uh, there was some passionate Pitcher. feedback. Yeah. I would say. And I don't know, like the people who are like, you didn't eat a donair because you didn't hold it right. It's like, well, what do you mean? Like if you eat a hamburger upside down, like you're still eating a hamburger. Well, the thing yeah, that got, that that got was... roasted, the thing that got roasted was the lettuce, uh, how much lettuce yeah. was on it. And I feel like, like I'm a, I'm an Edmonton donair, uh, man. I'm proudly YEG inside and out. And so I want lettuce on my donair because that's what an Edmonton donair has. But I think what people were seeing is the fact that your M. Chuck completely unwrapped yeah. the donair like it was yeah, 7 like a.m. on Christmas morning uh, and ate it like a taco, like the queen would eat a taco. It really kind of accentuated the lettuce. You couldn't see the guts of the donair. So I think maybe the donair got put a little bit on blast because of all the lettuce it had or how it was being presented. So it looked like it was all lettuce. But it is a very passionate subject and something that is very Edmonton to be passionate about donairs. I guess I was just kind of annoyed with it. (laughs) I was just annoyed by it by like day two of like being tagged in tweets of people being like, Hey idiot, you don't know how to eat a fucking donair, you fucking moron. And it's like, one, my first time. So like, whatever, two, who cares? Well, as a a rookie, you did did everything wrong, which is everything right. Like that's, that's the way it should be. But this is a content opportunity. We're going to take you for a good donair outside. I'm going to walk you through how you eat one. I actually had a donair for lunch. They had a lunch donair meeting, outdoor lunch donair meeting. What a way to kick off a Monday. I'll tell you that much. Um, and, and Jay, uh, you feeling fresh or what? Well, I did. I did the right thing. I got just the regular donair. I didn't go jumbo. 
I got the lunch size don't air. I feel great. I'm with Chalm. I'm on Team Chalmers here. I am no more sober donairs. I've had one now. I'll have them probably when I'm drunk, but I don't think I want, I'm a sober donair guy. You and I are going for a sober donair. I'm sorry. It's happening. You know what the thing is, your M. Chuck? The reaction to your donair makes me even more anti donair. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, honestly, everybody, go fuck yourself. What does it matter how he eats the damn thing? It's absolutely ridiculous. Donair Reddit can calm down. If you're just looking in your life to be pissed off about something, or if you wanted to enter the fray and just give your M. Chuck some shit, then, I mean, that's fine. But when we're talking about just lettuce, when you're getting super passionate and calling him an idiot because of the way he opened his very first donair, act like you've made a mistake in your life. The guy didn't know how to open a donair. So what? doesn't change the way it tastes. Well, that was kind of my point. This is part of being, but this is part of being on a podcast is we leave ourselves open to criticism and compliments. So, yeah. yes, and I would have ripped on your rim chuck, too, because he thing, did donairs dirty. The one thing about con- uh, criticism and that shit is we're allowed to rebut it. Not oh, 100%. We can't say what we have to say. 100%. But, uh, but to, to so their point, they I, can say it, I, too. What, what I have to say is if you just want to be part of the conversation, then I like it. I really do. I but don't. I think there was a... a there was a couple too many people that I think were just taking this shot to be like, you know, donair super fan, like stick up for the donair, like almost soccer fan or somebody like that. It's like, but buddy, that is, that's on. the uniqueness about donairs. It is soccer hooligan levels of passion. Oh yeah. And that's what we just makes wanna, them we so special. We, yeah. Uh, I just feel like everyone was sticking up for the donair and no one was sticking up for me. Well, cause who's Edmonton? Your M. Chuck, you or the donair? I think there's a debate to be had. Which one's more of a hero? Wow. 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 Donair say lives. And also a donair <laughs> derivative, the G Y R O, I believe, is pronounced hero anyway. So maybe donairs are. The one yeah, from, from my from my mentions, what I did notice was I gave I gave the, the the people who have been silent of voice, the people that don't like yep. donairs. I saw yes. a lot of them come out and force in support of, you know what? It's okay not to like a donair. Yep. It's okay. It doesn't make me any less Albert. It doesn't make me any less Emmetonian. It doesn't make me anything other than somebody who simply doesn't like a lunchtime, a dinner time, an anytime just likes donair. to hate on things that everyone the majority likes. I mean, that's not true in a few, I wouldn't call myself a contrarian. I mean, there is certain things. And I remember I dug in real early on sushi. I thought that people just ate sushi because they thought they were cool. You know, it's like, oh, we're going for sushi. We're going to go over to sushi on Sunday. Sushi Sunday. God, I like sushi. Nobody actually likes raw fish with just rice. Like, there's no fucking way. I love sushi. So, but hey. I love sushi too. <laughs> it's really fucking good. <laughs> like, like, what's going on right now? Yeah, Chalmers didn't no, like the culture around saying going for no, sushi. I didn't like that's the what, culture around it. The, and, and so, but then I started eating it. Then I just wanted to be with my friends at lunch on Sunday, and so I would go and I would make fun of them the whole time, and I'd eat my bento box. Um, and then I started trying some sushi, and uh, and uh, you know, it's it's something to be said for maybe the culture around stuff like sushi and donairs. It's stopping people from becoming Donair fans. I'll tell, fans. You, I'll tell you one thing about the culture of Donairs. Donairs is like you only go with your good friends for a Donair. Like it's you don't go like you you don't socially just say like, I'm meeting someone for the first time. Let's go grab a Donair like it now or let's have a right like I'll have business meetings over Donairs, but it's with like a someone i know really well and that's why we're doing it like it's a deeper going for a donor is is it's it's a it's a you're it's not a helping deep relationship yes it is a it's a deep, very there's deep a relationship. deeper meaning to a donor date is that there what you're is, saying man because you, you you only you only go with your close friends <laughs> and that means something uh-huh. so like when you when you fought when you wanted to tell your your now live-in girlfriend that you loved her was it over a were you like this is next level babe we're going for a donair. Like that's how best, serious this stuff is. Best, best believe I got her from a anti-donair person to now a pro-donair person. Wore down, eh? <laughs> no, my take, just, 
I just had to just had to have a couple sittings of Don Airs. You know, when the feeling's right, I said every time it's like we should get delivery. I always say Don Airs first. I always say Don Airs first. I should be saying Oodle Noodle, but I'm saying Don Airs first because I, I got to catch her because she maybe one out of ten times she'll say yes, and then I got I got I got to lean into it, and that's kind of how we built it to the point where it'll be like, oh, we should get Don Airs tonight. I'm like, oh. Yes, let's have a donair tonight. My take on sushi is that I don't have one because I've never eaten it. Oh, oh for my fuck God. Sakes. Come on, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, wait. God, right. I, now I'm, gotta, not gonna, now I'm not going to deliver sushi. No, to you. you shouldn't. Um, but okay, I feel like that could become an interesting segment maybe over the summer, like your Remchuk tries stuff. Because there's yeah, a lot of food video series we're doing. Yeah, I've never I, had shrimp. What? What? Just shrimp it. In general, I'm I've never gotten into seafood. Oh, clearly, man. okay. This is this is, this is you, summer like, content. Okay, this I, is this yeah. is wild. So here's my thing. Yeah, if I tend to be somebody who stays in my lane for food. I, 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 I don't branch out all that much, but I've tried almost everything mm-hmm. um, because of the experiences of going to different places. Uh, you had to have found yourself at like a Japanese village, and they give you the obligatory first four shrimps and you just give them away or like you just never been or he's probably never been to japanese village chalmers that's the problem i think i was once when i was like really little but never in my adult life oh fucking love i i will i will eat a boatload of shrimp right now i love i think i would like it i think i would like it it has to be you know what i I, don't dare try it i'm not a cooked I, i love cooked uh shrimp I could not eat cold raw shrimp. It, it's just something about well, it. Cooked. Not it doesn't they're taste. Cooked. Yeah, they're cooked. Like the shrimp. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, so not. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But like, a like with a with a, but like a shrimp cocktail. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a shrimp ring. I'm not a big cocktail sauce fan guy. I'll murder a shrimp cocktail. I'll just, I'll, I'll just crush the the shrimp. So, so okay. So we've got donairs out of the way. We've now heard sushi and shrimp. If you had to say one more thing that would absolutely blow us away that you've never eaten, what He's would you come pick? Up- He's gonna come up with like fucking lasagna or something. Like just I don't. I I ate a lot of lasagna growing up, and I don't like (laughs) it. Um, you don't like lasagna? No, I would rather not eat lasagna. Mm -mm. Wow. Um. Okay. Like any seafood. I've I've never had seafood. So you've never had mussels. You've never had like no or anything like that. No. Saturday. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna go. We're going on an exotic. Well, for to, to your remchuck, for, for your remchuck, <laughs> it, it's an exotic food tour for us. Just normal just a, Canadian, a nice meal. Yeah, um, yeah. We're gonna expose you to some to some food. Sure, push you through, push your comfort zone a little bit, and have you try a shrimp or two. I've never fully eaten an onion ring. See. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I, that's that's interesting to say fully eating an onion ring you just like, I I, like nibbled it i think i've had like a bite or whatever but i've never like sat down and like oh i'm getting onion rings i thought like, maybe you them. like you like you like take that bite to rip, rip it in half and then just eat the breading and take the onion yeah. out and, yeah. throw it well, I, and i like onion but uh, i don't like onions but i will have onion rings from time to time i can't eat like a ton of them but that's just because i'm not a big onion guy but just, just to fully eat an onion, that's so particular. Oh, I want to just, if we're just down food stories right now, um, on third Friday night, I was like super hungry and I hadn't eaten. And I was like, I'm going to pick us up something. I'm going to get us wraps from Remedy. And I'm like, don't know what Remedy is. Never. I've heard of it. Don't know what it is. She knows there's only one type of food in the whole world. I don't eat. And it's Indian because it just doesn't agree with me. I just, it's just not like it has not always to do with the taste. It just has to do with how I feel after it's like the donair, you know? Um, and when I was like, yeah, sounds great. I was expecting like a BLT or something. And she came home with like three wraps and they were, I mean, one was a butter chicken wrap. One was a chicken masala wrap. And then there was mm. another one, right? Oh man. I you're love just, remedy you're, wraps. Have you ever turning me so on right hungry, now. You're so like hungry. Ben Stiller in Along Came Polly. <laughs> Yes. So excited. Oh, nice poll. To be so disappointed. And then just like, I had no, like, oh man, food. 
really polarizing. There is, I, I honestly feel super lucky listening to this conversation because I'm a complete trash pit, meaning I will eat anything and probably enjoy it. Like you're talking about how Indian food doesn't agree with you. All I could think about is, man, I would love a chicken tikka masala right now. Like I would fucking love one. Sushi, I'll murder. Like if I could get one of those places with a nice little train that goes around. Oh, and love the train. Train I will boats, sit love there it. all day. I love this. So I can't wait. Yeah, I'm more of a sushi boat man myself. Yeah, I, I, I do prefer my sushi, sushi floats than by rail for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What else you got, Tyler? Anything else that comes to uh, mind? That- no, I think that's kind of all of it. Like I, I was thinking a, about it. I was a really, really picky eater growing up. Fucking obviously. Um, and I just haven't been in a lot of situations where I've been pushed to try new things. I love yeah, the donair. Um, but I, I think this summer, maybe that's something, a goal I'll set is like every week I'll want to try something new. I'll come back. I'll report on it. I think that'll be No, 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 no. We're building a video series. Oh, We're okay. going to go and check out cool local establishments mm-hmm. and try new things for Tyler. Cause there's also things I want to go and try that I haven't had. See, I'm not yeah, getting wild though. Like I'm not eating alligator or anything like that. See, that's not even wild. No, alligator I'm, tastes like, I mean, it's a, a pop-up, but it tastes like a rubbery chicken. I draw I've the line at reptiles. Kangaroo is also good. Before. You name it. I've Tyler, you name kangaroo it. Kangaroo is weird, so good. It is really good. I've you never had some of the weird shit I've eaten it. I guarantee I've eaten so many weird things. Bugs, all different yeah. kinds of animals, snakes, all kinds of reptiles. I've never had like deer or moose meat. Oh, I, we could do dude. that today. I could really? bring you some today. Wow. Yeah, I've never had that. And like again, oh, there's so no reason good. why I shouldn't like it. I should enjoy it. Yeah, yeah we got a lot of hunters okay. in uh, in my family, so we've always got yeah. you know some venison's nice, really nice mm. deer this, uh, garlic sausage with, kind of. Fantastic. Oh, deer sausage with, is the best. With this video series that we're gonna do for your M Chuck, and it's gonna be called Your M Chuck Tries. Um, we, we are, are we gonna go sit down? At a, I'm coming. I don't. Okay. I'm yeah, myself. I don't care. I'm part of it. I'm, hey, it has part to be of the team, man. It, it has to be a license established. Yeah, I saw. I got added to the Instagram uh, 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 bio, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Remember, somebody asked about that like a month ago. And they're like, you guys are going to add this guy? To, is he I, part of the show or not? I remembered I, like, I tried to do it like whatever, three or four months ago now. And it was out of, there weren't enough characters to fit everything I wanted in there with adding your name. And then I gave up and I forgot about it for like three months. Yeah, no, nah, it's cool. But I, it, I, I, some parameters. This should be a licensed establishment. Well, and we're we not going like fucking a- like eating out of somebody's car. Well, if it's yeah. Rimchuk tries, this has got more than just food to it because it could be like your Rimchuk tries tap dancing. Hmm. Oh my god, can you imagine going to like Japanese village? He get to try sake, like real nice, good, oh, warm, really sake nice sake. Would be great. Oh this, man, what a yeah, treat! We got we got what a lot a of work treat. to do. This is more for us than it is for you, Rimchuk. So yeah, 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 yeah. wait. So, I'm just I'm, looking forward to seeing Tyler's face when he sees an onion volcano. You know, it would be great. Uh, yeah yeah i think this has potential here um anyways getting around Anthony the quarter pod. <laughs> wow we did it eh we had some air to fill we really did it <laughs> um a story i teased to you guys at the end we stopped recording last episode because it was so busy um and i mentioned that i didn't tell you guys about how i fell off my bike a few weeks ago oh yes, um, this is i'm loving i, I can't wait to hear this yeah it's a whole ordeal. People who listen to the radio show I'm on know about this now, um, but I forgot to say it on the pod. So I bought my girlfriend and I very excited because we got bikes. We're living like, you know, central and St. No, central and uh-huh. St. Albert. So everything is biking distance for us. It's fantastic. So we were excited to get bikes so we could cruise around. Um, I just, one, I didn't want to spend a lot. Two, I hadn't owned a bike in a while. So I just went to a random store. I won't say the name. Went to a random store, saw a bike for, you know, a pretty cheap price. And I was like, that's good enough for me. So I bought it, rode it around one day. It was fine. Rode it around the second time. And I was going and I was kind of telling that when I'd switch gears, like it kind of felt weird. And I was like, okay, that's odd, but whatever. I was riding my bike home from where I went. I did a little backyard visit. This was again, a couple weeks ago, did a little backyard visit with a buddy. I'm riding my bike home, going, going, going. I'm flipping through all the gears, just kind of testing it out, feeling out things and I flip into a lower gear and the chain just like seized up. Like it just stopped. <laughs> and I Whoa. fucking, I went, r- and I was going pretty quick. I went right over the handlebars. Like, 
like a comedy got, thing, man. Like, you got what you paid for. <laughs> yeah. So I flipped over and like, as I'm like in the air, I could see my girlfriend on her bike, like coming behind me. So I kind of had to like almost contort myself to like not get ran over by her. And I landed like hard on my shoulder and my wrist, right shoulder, right wrist. I like Any went road down. Rash? Like, no, it actually wasn't that bad. Like a couple little nicks on my hand, but my shoulder super fucked up. I'll get to that in a second. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I was so tangled up. Like my handlebars had like flipped the wrong way. Like they had gotten like screwed around my foot. I couldn't get my foot out of my handlebars. It was like wrapped up in wires and shit. My girlfriend had to come like untangle me. A lady ran over and was like, I know first aid, like, don't worry. And I was like, well, I'm fine. It's just like, I, well, I'm not that fine, but like, I don't need like mouth to mouth. Do you have, like do you have first aid for pride? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. how's the pride feeling? <laughs> like, two uh, out of 10 here. Yeah, it's yeah. like I got up, couldn't ride my bike home because it like didn't really work. Um, and the handlebars were all fucked up. So I had to go like the last like 10 minutes of my journey it was like me sad walking my fucking bike home. I also, since it was the second time I rode it, I hadn't gotten a helmet yet. So it could have been like really fucking bad. Um, so I'm lucky I braced my fall with my shoulder. Um, next day, I bring my bike back into the store and I'm like, this is broken. I got this like a week ago and I already it's pooched. And the person goes, oh, we don't do returns on bikes. And I was like, yeah, but like, what do you mean you don't do returns on bikes? Like this bike is broken. And he was like, well, I mean, calls over a manager. The first manager is like, yeah, go pick out a new one. We'll exchange it, but you're not getting your money back. Like, fuck me. So I go to the back. They have like no good bikes left. And now I'm at the point where I kind of just want a good bike because I learned my lesson about cheaping out on it. And there's yep. an associate back there who's like, hey, I sold you your bike. And I was like, damn right you did, man. Like it's fucking broken. So eventually we talked to like three different managers. Eventually they just, I think, wanted to get me out of the store and we're like, we will give you your money back because the bike was defective, which it was. I don't think I'm in the wrong for demanding a refund in that scenario. And I went and I got a new bike now and my shoulder every morning I wake up and it is like a sharp pain. The first few times I need to like lift up my arm. And then for the rest of the day, it's like super sore. And it's probably been that way for about 10 days now. Oh no shit. That's your throwing arm. Like a, it's my throwing no arm. No chance your girlfriend had like a, uh, some kind Camera? of GoPro on, right? No, but man, I honestly kind of wish we would have had it on video. Cause like oh. the memory, I like vividly remember like looking down and seeing myself like flip over the handlebars. Like, Whoa, <laughs> it felt like it happened so slow. Yeah. They, so with bikes, so did you go, when you went and bought a new one, yeah. did you actually like spend a little extra and get a little bit of a better bike? Yeah. Cause yeah. In, I, uh, my, in my history, I buy a lot of things and I, I researched them really like I, pretty thoroughly. And I've made that same mistake where I bought a long time ago. I bought a bike thinking, you know, this is just going to be to the park and back. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, and for like two years I was okay with it, but when something on a cheap bike breaks down, you know, you're paying for like the lightweight of the frame, but it's the gears, it's the brake, you know, those things, if they're cheap, they almost don't work right away. Right. Yeah. And if you have to get them fixed, it's expensive. And so like spending a little bit extra money on bikes is just one of those things I've learned over time that it, it saves you a lot of headache and a good bike will last a long time. Well, I've now got a crazy fear to ride a bike because now I think the possibility of your chain locking up is like real. It was insane, man. No, like you, I just, for it to come out of nowhere, like it's not like I hit a patch of something. It was literally like so instant, like click. And then next thing you know, I'm like in the air. It was like bang, bang. And like over I go. And never switch gears. Like, never slow down, like, buddy. Yep. I, I feel like that store might've come from, or the store that you bought that bike from which doesn't obviously probably doesn't sell like the highest quality of bike. No. Um, you know, probably rhymes with, uh, Manadian fire. <laughs> the store I went and got a different bike from was definitely like a pretty reputable spot to get bikes from. Um, but I'm happy. I'm happy now I've ridden my new, my now new bike. Um, I've gotten this new one. Now we've been out and about the gears work fine. Haven't fallen off. So things seem to be going better, but um, like golfing and all that with this fucking shoulder, man. Like, I think I actually need to go to a doctor. Cause like, oh. it's not really getting better. It just, it's almost like getting worse as I keep well, going. So I'm gonna wondering get what worse I did. before it gets, it's going to get worse before it gets better for sure. Yeah. We were talking about rotator cuffs this weekend while we were golfing. Your rotator cuffs. Yeah. If you're, if you, if it's your rotator cuff, that ain't never coming back. Or I, Tyler, it's like, I was telling you last week on, was that weather nation radio where I could pull my left shoulder, just clean out of its socket. Uh, no problem. Ugh. 
That's so fucking really? gross. How many bones? Like, what have you broken bag milk? Give me like the bag milk IR report. Broken bones, not very many. I broke okay. two ribs playing hockey, but that was that's the only thing I've broken. But I, injuries, like my left shoulder, I fucked up real good at Bantam. Like I dislocated really, really badly. Dislocated my kneecap. That one was gross. Yeah, that one was really gross. Um, a bunch of like, when I used to skateboard and stuff, I used to have to get rocks pulled out from underneath my hands all the time, like in my hands. Uh, but that's about it. Really nothing broken. Speaking of really severely gruesome injuries, did any of you guys watch the UFC this weekend? Oh, oh. gnarly. Oh. Two I, fights I just, in a row. Uh, two fights in a row. And we get to see, we get to bear witness to two of the most freak leg injuries you've ever seen. So for anybody that didn't watch it, the, there was two the very, yes. There back was to back. Two back, oh my to back man. And the first one, the guy took, <laughs> I don't a know which one I saw to, them then. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, the one behind the knee, this guy got kicked behind the knee and yeah. it clearly severed a nerve. And so his foot fell asleep basically. And his, no, and his ankle like gave out or something. His ankle just gave out and he, and he yeah. just was walking on it, like completely rolled over. And he, and he was trying to fight. And it yeah, was just he kept the most fighting. gruesome, disgusting thing. And then in the next fight, uh, this guy, uh, Chris Weidman, who's like, he's a vet. He's been there for a long time, and everybody really likes this guy. He lost a fight to Uriah Hall. And Uriah Hall now has the record of being the first UFC fighter to ever win a match without throwing a punch or a kick. Jeez. All he did, they walked to the center of the ring. Chris Weidman went to give him a shin kick, and his... And his leg basically wrapped around Uriah Hall's leg. And he, and he broke his, his tibia, like, right in the middle of it. Like, right in the middle of his shit. That's the one I saw. And then, and it just fell down. And it was, like, back-to-back, almost, like, pure gag moments. Like, I was, I was freaking out. We had had, I had a couple, and I was just, like, couldn't watch it. It was so disgusting. Yeah, it was wild. I saw, I saw the broken bone one. So that yeah. it's just it. That is so fucking gnarly. It is yeah. just unbelievable. Like I could not imagine. And then you just kind of, and then even the Joe Rogan reaction gif that was going around was just bananas. The whole I don't but know that which was to one of those completely were from. different. No, that, that was to the. Um, I think his was, reaction them, was was for to the one, uh, the the the, the female road. fight. Yeah, Thug Rose. Rose, yeah. When she knocked Rose. out when she knocked out the champion, um, he did it. But then he did it again when Masvidal got knocked out. He did it both times with the arms stretched right out. Yeah. That's not even the biggest story from this weekend's UFC. The biggest story comes from Jake Paul. And when and Jake Paul is just like the king of trolls right now, yeah. right? He's winning. He's winning. And it sucks when you see a guy who's like such a troll and he knows he's a troll and everybody hates him. The whole crowd's chanting, uh, fuck Jake Paul. And he That's gets in cool, kind of the though. face of like Daniel Cormier, Daniel Cormier, who's one of the announcers and a former UFC heavyweight champion. And, you know, he's getting in the guy's face and, and Dana White's there and it's just getting weird. And then he comes out and calls out uh, Daniel Cormier and says, I want to fight him. And then he says something after the fight. And it's like, well, the guy's got a point, okay? He's made more money boxing as a not like non-professional boxer than most than almost every single UFC fighter other than Conor McGregor and who's got Ben Askren now. Yeah. And both of these two had to go outside of the UFC to get their their paydays. And when you, he says that to Dana to Dana White like pay your fighters, man, like or that's why they keep coming to fight me. You kind of look, sit back and you go, the guy's not wrong. Right. Daniel, Daniel White's been, he's been questioned numerous, numerous times about paying a fighters. We've obviously seen the problem in him paying his fighters in the fact that John Jones won't come back and fight and everybody wants to see it, but it's always about the money, you know, and it's, well, what's up? Really, like, I, I don't watch all that much UFC. What's a purse, like a, 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 like the championship purse. Like what would it have been this weekend? They don't, we don't, you don't never, you, like, you never really know because oh. they get us, they, 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 they have a contracted rate where they, they have to fight certain amount of fights, regardless of yeah. what fights they are. But if you're a main event, you get a, a size of the purse. Um, sorry, not the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view. Yeah, you get a, a portion of the pay-per-view. And really, they don't, 
have to like disclose those numbers. And so you never really know what mm. a guy makes. Um, but like even Jose Canseco, it's rumored he made for that rough and rowdy like three months ago that he made a million dollars. And I highly doubt that there's a UFC fighter in the past two or three years that in a UFC fight has made a million dollars. Like he, I just don't think it has, right? That's so, crazy. I didn't know that, like, I mean, a million dollars is obviously a lot of money, but, like, I didn't know it was like that, especially when guys are fucking snapping their legs in half. Well, exactly. And, yeah. like, it, 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 it's, it's, it's pretty evident when you find out that the two, you know, the two guys in UFC that made their money did it outside of the UFC. Made huge, huge purses. Showing that's what they're worth if they can get it, right? Mm-hmm. You need to have so, a certain so, platform to do that, right? And like do. going up against you a do. Jake or but Logan at, Paul is. But look, Jake Paul just made one. That's that's what that's what Jake Paul's trying to say. He's like, I yeah. made it. I made my own platform, and now I'm getting millions of dollars to fight people, and everybody wants to fight me because now I can make their payday for them, right? And it's so funny to hear after years and years of UFC not being on ESPN and not being like in mainstream that now they're all of a sudden like the oh you guys and your your fly-by-night league, like, you no respect to real fighting. It's like, you guys were the UFC. You guys can kick each other in the faces at one point. Like, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a weird snapshot in time when you see that now the one league that has never really been, you know, taken seriously is now with ESPN and is kind of calling these other fly-by-night fighting things, like, just jokes, right? Yeah, but they're going, a- well, we're, make, we're the ones making the money. We're making the money, Right. This is interesting. I don't know. It's a sport. It's a sport of business, and it's why Dana White has this huge empire. It's why the UFC is worth four billion dollars. You know, those contracts are important, and he doesn't. He doesn't give in to them. Yeah, it's interesting. And whatever. Yeah, the Jake Paul conversation is an interesting one. I think the best performer. You guys see the stuff that uh, Pete Davidson was doing at that fucking fight. Well, yeah, I heard the fight was like crazy. Yeah, it was great. Um, fuck, I had something else I wanted to bring up, and I'm totally forgetting on it. Uh, before we keep moving on, though, should give some love to our friends at Twig and Berries. Uh, twigandberries.ca, I've been plugging that new look website. If you haven't checked it out yet, what the hell's wrong with you? Go look, twigandberries.ca. Uh, the promo code you want to use is NATION15. It gets you 15% off. And... Free shipping in Canada on orders over $75. Uh, they got a good collaboration up right now. It's the first thing you see on their website. They're Peter and Nutsack Underwear. It, uh, it's very good. I think the review on here, it's very, it's worded very good. The softest buttery blend of bamboo and spandex. <laughs> Maximum comfort, quality, and our junk security in mind. Um, yeah, buttery. That's how you want. That, is, that might be the <laughs> best word you want your underwear described as is buttery. Did they say bamboo in spandex? Like, are they talking about bamboos your dick inside the spandex shorts? Or is there bamboo in the boxes? Blend of bamboo and spandex. Yeah. It's, yeah, bamboo. Not, like, I have a bamboo like sweater. my is bamboo inside a spandex pouch. Like, there's a blend of bamboo and spandex in the material. Sorry, you're in check. You're what? I like it my way better. Agree to disagree. I don't know what I said, Jay. I'm going to be honest. I don't. <laughs> So my thing is that what I said? My thing, my thing. What do you want me to say? Like your, hog? Like come on! Your 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 wee wee here, M Chuck. Wee wee. My schmackle. <laughs> it's my tiny schmackle. <laughs> what? He's my yeah, tiny whatever. schmackle. He might be good there. What is it? Twigandbears.ca. This podcast has been all over the place. Has anyone watched that F1 documentary series on Netflix? In my queen, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's it's I, it's on my list. I want to watch it soon. Um, but I had an idea, and I wanted to pitch this to you, Chalmers. I was hoping you would have watched it, Charles. But anyways, I'm seeing Sorry. people online, and I'm seeing these tweets and reports about how F1 is doing like insane numbers in the U.S. now, and they're saying it's because of this fucking documentary. So what I'm saying is. The NHL, now that they're going to have all this new money coming in, their TV deal in the States is worth like three times what their old TV deal was. It's insane. No NBC, though, is interesting. No NBC, but they have some money here. The NHL, should they not be going to whoever was in charge of this F1 documentary and going, do this for us. Come come make this docuseries on the Seattle Kraken. 
the NHL's 32nd franchise. Like, I wonder if that's like a marketing ploy. Like the NFL's done that with their uh, hard knocks, right? That's the one that follows two teams for training camp. Yeah. The NHL did that for a bit with like the road to the winter classic and stuff, but kind of stopped. I wonder if that's maybe the future for the NHL. Maybe that's a way with your new TV deal coming, hit it like a tsunami and launch like a really cool Netflix branded series about like the Kraken or some shit. They should oh, be doing this in general. They don't yeah. do any of this shit anyway. Oh, if we were going to brainstorm this for them, let's just say, uh, and you, when you tell the story, I, I know the one about the, the F1 and I've heard lots of people say great things about it. Now, I believe the document, the docuseries is uh, a look at one year in the F1 and the race for the championship. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So be the season. You, yeah, you, okay. So that's, so that's an easy, so that's an easy, an easy storyline for them. Almost right stuff, right? And so we've seen the NHL do the road to the Winter Classic. I used to love them when it was uh, the Washington and, and uh, Pittsburgh Penguins season they did was so good. Like, I love that thing. What's a way you couldn't just focus on one team like a hard knock? I mean, you could, but if we're trying to get like other fans mm-hmm. to absorb the NHL and understand it and buy in for the next season to the season, to, to, to the NHL on a whole, what is the story to tell? I think the Kraken is that angle, isn't it? That, that's a story. I, mean, I, I think you can go I, around and do each team. Like, like the, the interesting thing is now ESPN is on. They do such a good job of creating yeah. documentaries and whatnot. So I think there's a huge opportunity. I think you have to move it around. Like, I'm a giant Sunderland fan because of Sunderland till I die. The minute I can travel, I'm going to England. I'm going to watch a Sunderland game because Sunderland till I die has told a very good story about this football club and I want to go and see it now. And, and I'm a fan, but that's why I think you need to dial it in on like one team, right? You need to make yeah. it like a really good story. Cause if it was just 30 documentaries about the EPL, would you have fucking watched it as no, someone who doesn't also, follow that league? No, no, no. And also if so, you, the very beginning, Jay, you said we need to do it on the whole league on a whole, there is zero chance you're going no. to tell the type of in-depth story yeah. that you, you need have to, to pick to get a team. In. You have to pick a team a year. Oh, I, okay. I even well, think just so- one team over and over again forever. Like they are the documentary team. Well, then it better be the fucking Oilers because, like, that's the only team I want the world to know about. That's that's my issue. I, like, I'm trying to think or- of what it would be. Just like, so why couldn't you do maybe like six and do them on like? Yeah, you can maybe do a Rival, couple. Like, like rivalries. You know what I mean? Because the whole... Or divisions, you could do four. Or divisions, you could do divisions. Especially like this year. You could have just focused on each division. That would have been good. Four storylines, all about the divisions. But if you're doing, like... If you're doing something, like just one on a Calgary-Edmonton year-long series where you kind of follow both teams and then them come to a head, you'd have to have six different crews following 12 different teams. Like, it's... It's a huge That's what I'm saying. And I yeah. think like the reason that Sunderland one was so interesting is because like that solo organization, that team had such yeah. an interesting angle to it. Right. And I just think that like, if you spread it too thin in the name of fairness, yeah. you might not dig into some good stories and hit yeah. like the jackpot that you're trying to hit. Like what yeah. this F one thing clearly did. Well, and that right, one thing with, covers with the whole it does, thing, yeah. right? Yeah. But you're right. I think Kraken is a great way to lead in because it's a unique story to tell because there's a story of the draft that's coming up and all the trends. You know, there's a lot of shit to cover in this year. And it's, a, you know, a team's first, you know, first NHL season and how they're building a fan base and all those engagements that they're doing. There's a lot of stuff to, to work with there. Um, but I think we're all in agreement that, yeah, like so, creating content I mean, you know that and you, you- the thing about documentaries is you don't know the end until you're at the end. Right. And yeah. so when they did Sunderland, like you have to think that at some point they were like, what if this just ends with absolutely no climax? Like, you know, so you could well, wait the season. whole year filming a team the- and then, what? And, th- and then they just don't make the playoff. You know, well, and you're the, like, but that's, but that's what happened with Sunderland. Like not to spoil it, but like you're, you, you get caught up. What they do a good job of is they do a good job of telling the story of the team, but what more importantly, telling the story of the fan base of the team. And that's what gets you hooked. 
And then you're just, and then, and all of a sudden now when they're showing highlights of the games that they have coming up and must win things like you're feeling it. Cause they position that game that you're watching in the show so well, and they get you because, because you're watching it uh, uh, because you care about the cab driver or you care about those two guys in the pub, or you care about the father and son or the lady that's had the season tickets for 50 years or whatever. Like you meet all these people and you buy into them and, 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 and you're actually cheering for a Sunderland win because you want them to be happy. I, I wish the, well, this is completely different, but I wish they would also do like the NHL has got so many stars that nobody knows anything about. So even just as a different thing they could do following around guys that are stars in this league. So people actually know who the fuck they're watching on a nightly basis, like following, like we got a glimpse of it in the summer from uh, whatever it takes the Connor McDavid documentary. That was fascinating to see how hard that guy works. And there's a handful of guys around the league that would probably be super cool to follow as well. I mean, um, it wouldn't be as great as just one team, but if, if we're going to do documentaries, they should do multiples because the NHL does such a bad job. Chalmers has ranted multiple times on this podcast about not knowing anything about Connor McDavid outside of what gets put out. So they could do so much along if those it lines. Wasn't, if it wasn't for a certain podcast that I listen to religiously every day, I would have no idea that right now, the Florida Panthers are playing great hockey and that Huberto and Barkoff are like at their peaks. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's oh, yeah. one team and that's one team. Like I'm, I'm just not focused enough on it, but I'm interested now. So I look to see how the Panthers do every day. You're, yeah. you're, you're getting me a, a random radio station in Florida is getting me to care enough about the Florida Panthers that I go and look to see how they did. Are you, you know talking I mean? Lebetard? Yeah, they talk about yeah. it quite a bit. They talk yeah. about it quite a bit. And he, and, and, you know, and they have a, somebody on their staff who is, you know, uh, goes to the games and, and reports on the team, but is a huge Florida Panthers fan. It has been for a long, long time. And like, I really wouldn't know much about it if it wasn't for them, you know, cause I'm, I'm focused on the North Division right now, you know, and when I watch highlights, like I could, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I usually have something going on in the background. Like I usually have highlights going on and I'm doing something else, but. Like, it's just so important. And to your point, Tyler, if right now the NHL is not taking that money and actively creating, just like a Netflix would, about 10 or 12 ideas, and maybe only two of them pan out, then they're absolutely not doing their job right now. I I think a lot of people are maybe not... uh, A lot of casual fans maybe don't understand how big this ESPN thing could be for the NHL in the sense that... Like Sports Center is still the flagship thing in the United States, right? Right? Like that's what people flock to for their sports coverage. The average sports fan watches Sports Center. ESPN up until this year, for however many years it's been in the past, really never had a reason to play hockey highlights. Like there's just there wasn't one. But now that they have a vested interest because it's their investment, like all of a sudden hockey games might be leading Sports Center to start the day if there's a big game. You know, the Stanley Cup playoffs might be on a pretty big stage even this year. Because ESPN don't want to start drumming up interest for it. So I think the ESPN deal is huge. The TNT Turner Sports one is, is interesting because it bumps up the money of the whole deal a lot. And you might sit there as like an Oilers fan or as a Canadian hockey fan and be like, why do I give a shit? But man, the quicker that salary cap goes up, the better place that this team's going to be in as well. So like yeah. Oilers fans should be interested in this shit as well. And the more they grow the game, like the, the better the league's going to get on Sunday night baseball. One of the announcers was talking about the Fernando Tatis, Trevor Bauer beef and, and how intense that got. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Those baseball, those, some of the best baseball I've watched in a long time. He was talking about, and he goes, you know, that's something baseball doesn't do well. And he goes, the other professional sports leagues in North America, like the NFL, the NBA and, and, and soccer as well. They do a better job of it than MLB. NHL didn't even come on this dude's fucking radar as a professional sports league. That's how far they need to go in some places down in the States. And I think, I think I said it, I think I said it three shows ago and it wasn't my quote. I had heard it, but this person said like, you don't matter if you're not on sports center and and hockey wasn't not on sports center. And this has put them on sports center. And now hockey in the States is going to start to matter again because over time, it wears people out. The thing, so I, I, I think it's funny that you brought up the Tatis and Trevor Bauer. For what you don't know, Trevor Bauer has become baseball's best troll. And he, you know, sometimes he'll pitch with one eye closed oh, because he just, fuck. he says he gets bored. He's just a troll. 
and he's yes. great at it. But he said the best thing I've heard from a baseball pitcher in a long time because he was going back and forth with Tatis, and Tatis hammered a home run off of him and did his kind of celebration or like one item, just showed him up. And yep. in the in the pre in the post game, basically Trevor Bauer said he got me, and I, I appreciate it. And you know what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to come out and hit a guy just to show my frustration with him celebrating. I think that's the way of the past. You shouldn't be hitting guys for celebrating. We should try and do better as a, as a, as a, as a sport than, than to do that, to, to refer back to that, you know, having to nail it. It's a cowardly way to do it. He said, I think he, I think he even yeah. said, he's like, that's what cowards do. And so I'd like to hear a pitcher be like, yeah, I want him to celebrate. And the last thing I'm going to do is being the next guy because he did it. I'm going to just like, take it because that's what we should be doing. Hitting a baseball is hard. These guys should be able to celebrate. I thought it was great. An interesting conversation that was brought up today, like just talking about the personalities and all that. As soon as it was kind of said, the NHL is going to be on TNT, the conversation jumped to like, who's, who is hockey's Charles Barkley? Who's that guy? Is there one that you think Mike of? Milbury. Is he though? Cause he's just sort of like universally laughed at and hated. Whereas Barkley is like, <laughs> Respected okay, so dude, maybe, dude, right? Jeremy Roenick? Yeah, maybe Milbury's no. the Shaq? I don't know. <laughs> no. Milbury's the doofus. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe Jeff O'Neill's a little bit like Barkley. Like O-Dog, right? Like O-Dog would be good. He's I, yeah. I can't get enough of that guy. I think he's fucking hilarious. Um, you, know who's, and you know who's developing into that guy? And I hate to say it just because of the history with him. Is oh, Kevin God, Bieksa. I hate to say it too. I know. Kevin Bieksa, Bieksa. Yeah, he's yeah, he's good. He's really fucking good, man. And it's just like, it sucks that he's a player we hated for years because he's good at what he does. Yeah, he is. He he, he brings a good tone and perspective. On his shelf, he usually has everything exactly the same, except for he changes one picture out every time. And it's always something that's like relevant. Like one time he had a tweet from like somebody else, like another hockey player calling him like an awful announcer or something. So he like framed the tweet or whatever. Oh, it's great. He's clever. I got to give it to him. I, I hate Kevin Bieksa was like in the pantheon of the top <laughs> five hockey players. I've hated the most in my whole life. Like with Dion Phaneuf, like uh, Kevin Bieksa, like Kessler. John Avery. But that hate Ryan comes from Kessler. like a, oh, God, Ryan Kessler, that, but that hate him. comes from like a level of respect too. Right. Cause yeah. So it's, yeah, but he's good, man. I got it. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like he's good. You know who else is good? You know, who else is good. I was watching the NBC feed yesterday. I watched some of the, I wanted to see Tay Tay play against uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Patrick Sharp, Patrick Sharp, oh, yeah. Patrick Sharp's good. He is so good. Like for Steve's good. Shocking. For Steve is good. Steve is good. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, just quickly on Bieksa, there was a moment in a broadcast. This was a few months ago um, where he chirped Friedman, I think, about his suit. And Friedman goes, ah, geez, it's it's uh, not as bad as your tie. And Bieksa fucking straight face looked at him, goes, my daughter bought it for me. And then like didn't crack a fucking <laughs> smile. And there was like two and a half seconds of awkward silence of them all being like, uh, what? Hey, yeah, you know, you know what's so funny good. though? He's probably lying. You probably did. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good, but which is, but that's good. That's quick wits. Like that's good television. That's the kind of shit they do on like the NBA on TNT, which is allowed that panel to like fucking win awards, right? Like that's you got why your. Yeah. BXO would be my guy, who's the Charles Barkley, and it pains me to say it, but he needs another one. Yeah, like it's an interesting spot where hockey has an opportunity here, whether it's ESPN or whoever they can almost pick a new face of the sport in a weird way, right? Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how that goes down. You know, he's a great analyst, but I imagine he's going to end up in an executive job at some point. Is Kevin Weeks. Yeah, Weeks. The NHL Weeks needs is... to put more of him on TV because he's a great analyst. He was on the DFO rundown, and he was an absolute beauty to chat with. Um, but yeah, he's he's getting a GM job soon. He isn't long for, for TV work. He's too good for that, I think. Hey, yeah, well, that's what I mean. Your, He's going to get yeah. that role eventually. But in the meantime, like Luongo to too, all. right? Luongo yeah, would have been a great fit for that. But he's like getting yeah. GM jobs with Hockey Canada already. Like he's not going to be. Cam Neely was Cam Neely ever kind of like a Charles Barkley? Well, he's been working in management for like I'm a decade fixed, now yeah. too. I, I'm fixated on this Charles Barkley and Shell question. I'm just, yeah. I just keep thinking of guys. I can't think of anybody, man. You know, it'd be great, but he just he's coaching, so it would never work. He's fucking Mac T. Mac T's. Oh yeah. His. 
his oh. interview that he did that we posted on social the other day, he's just a quote machine. I love when he is in front of a camera and I will never get tired of watching Mac T interviews. He, he was good on a phenomenal trash talker in his day. Must have been. Must have been. Or he was saying shit that was too smart that the other guys just didn't yeah. get it. Oh yeah. I got to, I got a lot of time for that. Yeah. Um, his I was uh, speaking of DFO rundown and in, in, in quirky Charles Barkley type people. How was Yarmo Kekalainen? Oh man, I got to give Gregor credit for a question he hit Kekalainen with at the end. So we're chatting in the interview, and Kekalainen dropped in that he he wanted to be a coach. He didn't want to be like a manager, but he just kind of fell into being a manager and was on that side of things instead of coaching. And the last rapid fire question, which Gregor always does a great job with, the last rapid fire question, he goes. If Yarmo Kekalainen was a coach, how often would he healthy scratch players? Because of hucking everything <laughs> Tortorella's been doing there. Uh, what was his answer? And Kekalainen laughed and he was like, it's the best. I don't remember the exact answer, but he was like, it's the best tool a coach has. So I'd use it whenever I need to. Um, and after the interview, Kekalainen kind of was like, that was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. And when he started the interview, he looked like a dude whose team was on like a whatever game losing streak they were on. Like he looked pissed. But by the end of it, he was he was chuckling a little bit. It was a if you haven't checked out the DFO rundown, the episode of Kekalainen was very, very good. It was fun. I just started. Uh, I'm I'm not at the interview point yet, but it's about to happen. Yeah, it almost also, seems like Torts is trying to get himself fired or something, doesn't it? Well, because he doesn't have a contract after this year. I think he's just sick of shit and is like, I don't care what <laughs> happens. Like, I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to go out on my own terms. Like, he's healthy scratching everyone. Domi's been healthy scratched. Line's been healthy scratched. I think Roslovic has been healthy scratched. Like, no one is safe in that organization. You know um, what? Don't get uh, don't give Torts another coaching job. Get him back on TV because he was also yeah, hilarious. Yeah, he yeah. did really good. Yeah, but he's too close to the line every time. Like it's just a matter of time before he gets himself fired. That's the problem with him, and that's why nobody will give him a job. I guarantee it because they're just too worried. He's just too. I, I think if, I think in an Ball analyst out. role though, he would have more fun with it, and he might not get as fired up, and he might just have like legitimately like funny takes and stuff because he used to do it on tsn yeah. once upon a time yeah i'll never forget one time they were watching they were doing tampa highlights and it went to a shootout marty st louis didn't get chosen to go in the shootout and uh Torts's quote was put him in the goddamn shootout so when they did the replay of that same segment after they made him re-record his entire <laughs> bit it was the best <laughs> when we were kids when we were kids who was on the broadcast for the oilers Rod, Kids? Rod oh, Phillips. Jeez. Rod no, Phillips, yeah. Tell that was, TV. I thought Rod I thought Rod was on the radio. Yeah, he was on radio. Who were like, yeah, who were the big TV analysts or whatever? Oh. Who were the big TV Dave guys? Hodge? Don Jerry? Not for but not for but not for Oilers games. No, I remember like national when Ferraro, games. Ferraro was our color guy for a long time. Yeah. Ferraro would be great. an excellent hire by for ESPN. Ferraro's awesome. He's the best. I know, that, I know, well, I know it was Sager. Kevin Quit, but who like before that, like even 10 years ago. Who the hell was Kevin on Kevin Quinn did it for like 20 years, man. Yeah, it could be Kevin Oh, Quinn. did he? Yeah. I remember... Man, how uh, quickly we're forgetting about Kevin Quinn. Hey, Jack is just doing such a great job this year. And oh, I love Quinner. He, well, I do too, but and, I'm and, Yeah, nothing wrong with him, but it's just it's just Jack's next level. I can't wait for playoff mode Jack. It's like comparing like a really nice sports car to like a fighter jet when you compare Quinn to... To Michaels, like Michaels is just on another looking, level, man. Like he's screaming, he's into it. Chance? What? Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find it, but I can't. I'm see, see I, I just wanted to make sure Bag Milk was looking it up. I figured he was because usually he's on that type of stuff. But, um, I, you know what? I'm really, really excited for tonight's game. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, unreasonably excited for it. Are we, we all buying into the? Are we buying into the Ryan McLeod hype? Yes, I'm drinking it so, so, so much, so much Ryan McLeod Kool Aid. It's insane. All right, Chalmers, how far do you want me to go back, buddy? I got the answers for you. Okay, so mid-80s. Okay, so starting in 1979 to 1983, Tim Dancy was the play-by-play. The dance man. There was Jerry Pinder was there. Uh, Gary Dornhofer was doing color. Uh, Bruce Buchanan started in 1983, and he went through until 1992. Oh, so he got all the glory years. So there was, a, a, there was a laundry list of color commentators in there. Uh, Harry Neal, John Garrett, uh, Steve Shutt. John Garrett. Yeah. 
um, Gary oh, yeah, Dornhofer. Was this? Then from there, in 1992 to 1995, it went to Al Nagy. Al Nagy had a series of color commentators, John Garrett, Harry Neal, Jim uh, Paplinski, Greg Millen. 1995 to 1997, how many people remember Roger Millions doing it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. And he had, again, the same kind of collection of color commentators. Then it went back to Bruce Buchanan, 1997 to 98. Uh, or, sorry, 1997 to about uh, 2001 uh, was Bruce Buchanan. And, again, uh, John Garrett, Harry Neal, Jim Paplinski, Greg Millen, Craig Simpson was also in the mix there from 97 to 2001. 2001 to 2003, it was Greg Millen and Craig Simpson. Or uh, not Greg Millen, sorry, uh, Kevin Quinn. That's when he came in, 2001. Yeah. So 2001 to 2003 was Kevin Quinn and Craig Simpson. 03 to 08 was Kevin Quinn and Ray Ferraro. 08 to 2014, uh, Kevin Quinn and Louie. 2014 to 18, Kevin Quinn and Drew. 2018 to 2020, uh, Kevin Quinn and Louis DeBrusque and Drew Remenda. And then we're here yeah. with Jack and did, Louis. Did you guys see Drew Remenda's already back doing Sharks games? Oh, shocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I saw that. He, he, uh, he it took did like the, a month. Uh, he did the Marlowe retirement thing. Yeah. He did that, that thing. I, I saw that and I saw Friedman show no, him out in 31 James Thoughts. Played. And uh, I saw it and I was like, holy shit, Remenda's back with the Sharks already. Then at first I was like, oh, I shouldn't be that surprised. I'm like, he, it literally took him like a month to get back to doing Sharks games. He must be uh, so happy, you know? Back living in San Jose, probably. Oh, he's living yeah. his best life now. It, I got to say, I don't remember Bruce Buchanan though. No, that name kind of sounds kind of sounds familiar. Really, yeah, we've been so young, so like it's but like not it necessarily really, ninety seven to two thousand and one. We were you know teenagers yeah. at least. But the thing is, like back then, you didn't get all the home games. Remember, like like yeah, get, like true. Oilers games was like ten yep, televised true. a year. Like it was really really weird. That's why a lot of people know Rod because you were stuck having to listen to radio. Yep, that's a good point. That's very very true. Um, yeah, I remember when games would pop up on a channel. Yeah, yeah, A Channel came in and got games. And I think for some reason, I Gene Principe was with A Channel. I remember that much. Um, Wasn't Darren so Drager was, with so A Channel? Darren too? Drager. Yep. Yeah, he was the he was the Darren Dutitian. Darren Dutitian was on ITV or Global or whatever it was at that time uh, before yeah. he headed out, uh, out east. Fuck, that's but, a guy. Uh, that's try to get on the list. pod. Dutch? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Pod get. I still him think Perry of him Solkowski. Yeah, I still think of uh, Darren Detition anytime the push pull drag events come up because he used to always do the commercials for those. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a unit. Oh yeah. Let's but let's talk a little Oilers. Let's talk about the lineups. Tonight. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up with new a little guys, Oilers talk. New here. friends. Who are we oh. most excited for? Who who do you think's gonna? Ah, here's the question. Here's the new question. Friends. I'm going to write down the timestamp of this question. Who will have a bigger impact when we look back on this season? Dmitry Kulikov or Ryan McLeod? <sighs> Okay. I'll just start Dmitry Kulikov to me. I think that's too much pressure to put on Ryan McLeod. Like I, I want it to be McLeod. I think Kulikov, we know what we're getting. He's going to be fine. I'm just really cheering for Ryan McLeod for a me few too. reasons. This is, this is a guy we drafted like second round, like some 40th late, overall third. Yeah. Right. And we've developed and he has earned his call up. And I just really hope this is like, you know, he, he just is able to take that step. And he's playing on the third line with Devin Shore, who can show us he can score. And our boy, Josh Archibald, who will run everyone through a wall and open up some space for our big boy McLeod here. So I'm just, I'm, I, I just, I love the storyline. Like I'm not being like, oh, he's going to score. Like, you know, he's going to get 10 goals uh, here from here to the end of the season. But like, it, 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 I just, I just want him to like, look like he fits in. And I think that's a huge win because that's a big body, man. And, and we're lacking size right now with Kara and, and Cassian out. And wheels and not the McLeod's like, you know, a fighter or anything or even a banger or crasher, but he's, he's a big body and, 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 and can play heavy hockey if we need it. So I'm excited for him. I'm also excited for Cahoon getting a shot on the first line, seeing what McDavid yeah. can do with him. Like Cahoon does show some brilliance and McDavid might be able to insulate, insulate Cahoon's kind of deficiencies up on that top line and to have the, the dry line back. Like that's huge. And if Kulikov's yep. a shutdown guy with Larson's a shutdown guy. Fuck, like that could that could be a stone wall in the blue line. Like, I don't know. I once again I drink the Kool-Aid. You got to point of fault. But before, before before you guys and Jason Greger post uh game day lineup, where do you guys get those? Dailyfaceoff.com. 
Yeah, dailyfaceoff.com has them. Um, or you just kind of you kind of have to wait until the pregame skate. Yeah, for, uh, they're not accurate. The way the way the season's going, like the lineups are n- like ninety percent of the time right. Yeah, if, and uh, I was I was I was talking to Gregor. I was writing a weekend GDB. This was probably two three weeks ago now at this point. But I I text him. I was like, "Do you have anything on the lineups?" Because what got put out? So the Oilers send out a stats email on game days, and the line combos in there were just completely inaccurate. So it's just this year is such a train wreck. I laugh every time I talk to Brock over at Daily Faceoff. I'm just like, how's it going? He's just like, fucking starting goalies is driving me crazy, man, because nobody's confirming goalies this year either. What a gong show. Yeah. Uh, Before we wrap up here, because I got a couple more hockey things quickly, manscaped.com. It's spring cleaning time. You're raking your lawn. I don't know if you can hear it on the pod, but there is a guy in my complex right now with a leaf blower, and I swear he's been standing in front of my window for like, I don't know, the entire (laughs) podcast, just blowing one spot. Anyways, get your own spring cleaning done in terms of your body in your downstairs area with our friends at manscaped.com. Click the little uh, Canadian, the little Canadian flag up at the top changes everything to Canadian pricing. And if you use the promo code real life, you will get 20% off the perfect package. 3.0 comes with the lawnmower 3.0, the crop preserver, crop reviver, magic mat, and you get a pair of boxers and the travel bag as well. That's a hell of a deal. And with our promo code, it's going to go from about $245 down to like just over a hundred free shipping included manscaped.com. Check them out. Ah, um, just quickly, we're going to get, so Oilers jets tonight at seven, but there's a couple games now in the North. All of a sudden there's a playoff race. And if tonight's game, Montreal Calgary is in a way, Calgary's last chance to stay in this thing, which I didn't even think I'd be saying a week ago. But if Calgary wins, they are two points back of Montreal with one more game played. So Calgary could only be two points back by the time, by the time things even up. And then you got Vancouver. If Vancouver wins tonight and Montreal loses, Vancouver will be just six points back of the Habs with five games in hand. There's a chance the Habs don't make the playoffs here. <laughs> Crazy. Insane. I didn't think we'd be saying that 10 days ago. I've been saying this thing is locked up for like a month now. And I might've been wrong. Like the Habs are panicking. They're calling up Cole Caulfield for the game tonight. Like I there, this might get interesting in the North and I'm okay with it. I'm here for it. I want to see a playoff race. hundred percent. A week ago, a week ago, you were like, fuck the Vancouver Canucks. Why are they even bothering? Yeah. They have no shot. (laughs) Well, also it is amazing. Montreal has only won 20 hockey games. They've yeah, won they less so games than the Calgary Flames. Their collection of Batman points really is something to behold, isn't it? Man, if Vancouver can go on a heater too, like, uh. I just, I, like, all I care about really is that Edmonton goes on a heater. Uh, the rest is inconsequential to me. Like, scoreboard watching yeah. is fun and magic numbers are great. Just win and you're in. That's all I care about. And the thing tonight, is it true, Tyler, that Ehlers is out for the season? Yeah, he's not yeah. going to play the rest of this year. Uh, they said they're confident he'll be good to go for playoff time. And is Wheeler out tonight too? Because he got his bell rung the other day. No, Wheeler was in the lineup. Uh, no Lowry though for Winnipeg. And there's that beef going on with Shifley and Maurice where Maurice benched him. Shifley came out and was like, I'm, I didn't like it. I'm not happy about it. So like, I don't know, man. It seems like there's a lot of shit going on in this North Division. It might actually be a pretty fun end of the season here. Bet and on Edmonton. Yeah, I like Edmonton's point, dogs. To this point, the Oilers have also owned Hellebuck this year as well. Yeah. We, we, and really, we the only forward really well against them, the only forward they haven't been able to shut down against Winnipeg this year is Nick Ehlers, and he's not playing anymore. So And Kyle Connor. Yeah, Kyle yes, Connor's good. Eh? Yeah, Connor's good. Winnipeg's on depth. Um, all right. It's another game day. Busy game day is always on Oilers Nation. Uh, the pregame, pregame show with Jay and Josh brought to you by Deuce Vodka. That goes 3.30 on game days, right, Jay? Uh, we're going to try and do, yeah, 3, 3.30. We always try to shoot for. Keep it locked. It's live on our Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. I got a pregame podcast. All the written shit as well from Gregor and the group there is always up on Oilers Nation. As we head towards playoff time, we are uh, building up momentum here. It's going to be a fun ride. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Guys, this was a good podcast. We went to a lot of different places. Yeah, it was good. It was yeah, fun. It, it was a little bit all over the place. Uh, we buried in some Oilers talk right at the end, though, which is good because this is ultimately a bit of an Oilers podcast, I suppose. I have to admit, I believe that all over the place is the exact lane that we should live in. I believe it's when we are the best. 
It's been our brand just, since day one. We just you can't talk about, lean into it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's because it's the most, it's the most interesting to me. I know that when we just, time flies when we just, when we get up on like 10 topics. Yeah. You don't even and, have to be experts. Just touch on them. Let yeah. people go, you know, so use their Google machine to maybe search up some of the things we're talking about. Don't fact check us though. Never do that. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, an hour flew by today. Uh, this has been episode 276 of the Real Life Podcast. Shout out to Oodle Noodle, Twig and Berries, and Manscaped. Shout out to the three of you for joining me for an hour as well. This was a ton of fun. Enjoy the game tonight, boys. We'll talk again on Thursday. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.